Hello, Herd, and welcome to our first main show of the new year. Uh, it's exciting. Happy New Year. Thank you for coming back uh, to visit us in the new year, uh, for giving us your ears for yet another episode of the Nerd Herder main show. Yay! I am your Herd leader, John Wayne. I am your Herd mom, Megan. And today we are obviously glad, we're always glad to be with you, but uh, we're glad to be with you today with a what I think will be an interesting show. Um, we're keeping things a little laid back and chill, and uh, we're going to be talking about new things in Star Wars and, and the meaning of new things in Star Wars and whatnot. It's a new year, so it's an appropriate time to focus on uh, that topic and that theme of, of new things and new beginnings and redemption and all that big stuff in Star Wars, and so that's what we kind of want to do with the New Year episode uh, that you're listening to right now. Yeah, John. New Year, new meme. Yes. New meme, new us, new everything. So much new. So, uh, yeah, that's our main show for today. Of course, before that, we have some news to catch up on. Nothing very, very big. Uh, some things that are personally meaningful to us, but uh, over the, o- overall... Um, news is going to be simple and straightforward, and then we have some Q&A at the end of this to wrap it all up, uh, and then with that, our New Year's episode will be at a close, Yeah. and then next week's will be the second newest year episode, uh, and then the week after that will be the third newest episode of the year, and so forth and so on, um, but this is the first, this is the first. This is the first, the only one that matters, the exactly. first. So, uh, before we get into our main topic, we'll jump into some news, get you caught up on all that. Sound good, Moo? Sound good, me. Alright, John, you ready for some news? I am ready for some news, with three E's. News? <laughs> well, John, as usual, some surprising news for gaming news. Surprising. Duke will come out on 23rd of month. <laughs> That's literally how it's phrased in the That notes. is not. You cannot read. <laughs> Dooku is coming out on the 23rd of this month and will come with a second appearance called Dark Ritual. No idea Sounds what that is. spooky. Uh, I had no idea what uh, Grievous's, uh extra appearance was going to... I mean, obviously, Obi-Wan straightforward of with robe, without robe. And then we got surprised with General. Uh, Bathrobe. But with Dooku, or uh, with uh, Grievous, you know, they kind of surprised us with a kind of non-canon appearance of his shattered mm-hmm. appearance, which is supposed to be kind of a take on his death appearance, but obviously alive. So, um, I don't know what the whole dark ritual appearance will be. It, you know, I don't, nothing jumps out at me as being a dark ritual appearance from Clone Wars. But I'll go ahead and call it, it's going to be Dracula. Uh, gonna be straight up Dracula. I doubt that. I don't know. If you guys have any ideas, let us know. But, uh, yeah. So, Dooku month it is. Have you performed any dark rituals this month? Hmm? No. It's too any, new. Haven't gotten any calls from the Night Mother, so apparently no one's done the Black Sacrament, but we'll see. <laughs> um, there will also be Triple Experience Weekends all this month, so check out EA's Twitter for those details. John... Yeah, basically just play every weekend for this month, uh, earn triple experience on the different categories. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, triple experience is a big deal. Uh, I will certainly benefit from some of that if I can manage to play it. Usually, usually something comes up, but I think 
at least for the most part, this month I should get to play. I'll go ahead and move my Switch to the bedroom. Yeah. Um, so, comic news. Han Solo Imperial Cadet number three is out this week, as well as Age of the Republic Obi-Wan, which we have been told takes place in a ten-year gap between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. That'll be interesting, um, what they'll have. I mean, having read the Qui-Gon and the Darth Maul ones, I am excited for what uh, potential yeah. there is with the Obi-Wan issue. I've got so much on my reading list right now. <laughs> yep. All the reads. <laughs> Basically, I'm trying to read Thrawn. I'm trying to read the Darth Vader comic to catch up. I finished it. I read the first, I, I read the last comic first. Which gave me so many questions, but also just a lot of things to think about. Yeah. So, and I already love Dr. Afra. Of course. I think I need to change my favorite droid, though, John. Oh, yeah? Triple zero. Uh. Yeah. We shall um, see. We shall see. Nothing in book news. Nope, nothing in book news. We hopefully, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully Star Wars will prove us wrong again. Please? But, uh, yeah, I doubt it. We're... Well, we'll start to build up towards it because in March we get our first book, so I'm imagining towards the end of this month we'll have some more details on that. I believe it's Queen Shadow, and then Master and Apprentice, mm -hmm. and then Alphabet Squad, and so forth and so forth. Yes, which I will be reading Queen Shadow. We'll talk yeah, we'll, about that. We'll pro it, it'll depend. I want to say that we'll do... We're going to talk about it one way or another. Yes, we are. I want to say we'll do a podcast episode. It really just depends. We might do... You know, if you've been keeping up with us on Twitter and Facebook, then you know uh, we've polled you guys on your interest in YouTube videos because we're looking at doing that. So that'll kind of tackle those other things that we want to talk about that just aren't a full episode. Um, so uh, whether it be in you know YouTube video form or full podcast form, one way or another, we're going to talk about all of those books. Yeah. Um, I imagine we could fill a podcast, but we shall see once we... well. We shall know once we read it. Yes. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and, John? Yes. Are you ready for yep. this? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Heard? Heard, are you ready? They, they've, Heard? They've already marinated in this news Heard? for a week. Are you ready? <laughs> they can't talk back and they're a microphone. I'm listening so hard. So, some very exciting news dropped last week when we were on vacation. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I confused everyone at the table when I saw it. Mm. And gave out a very loud squeak. <laughs> so. Thanks, Rebecca, for shooting yeah. that uh, her way. Yes, way. thank you so much. We we were we were on social media, but we weren't like scouring it like we normally do. So we actually yeah. missed this when it was first announced. Yeah. So forget Santa Claus. Papa John Favreau <laughs> gave me a fantastic Christmas present this year because he posted. An image of an IG assassin droid on his Instagram. It was rumored that IG-88 and Bosk were seen on set, and I think this can pretty much confirms it. Yeah, I think most people are taking it as that. I, you know, uh, the bit of me that is a fan of Force Center requires that I speculate responsibly and mention that there are some minor visual differences between yes. IG-88 as we've seen him. Uh, and this droid. I'm not, I mean, obviously from, from glancing look, it is IG-88, but, uh, like, the bandolier, uh, the weapons bandolier that he has mm -hmm. is missing. Now, this could be him just sitting on set and not completely prepared for a scene. It could be that it is IG-88 and he's just not fully 
set dressed. Yeah. Uh, it could be that maybe they're giving him slightly different look. It is going to be, um, uh, as far as I understand, about eight years. It's still kind of blurry exactly when uh, I have to research again with what source told us the period in which it takes place. Mm -hmm. Regardless, it's not like right after uh, Return of the Jedi. It's a, it, it's a time span between, so maybe he decided to change his look. I mean, he's a droid, but he can have fashion, so uh, there's there's ways that it could still work and be IG-88, but yeah. gotta, gotta keep grounded with there is a chance it could be a different... I mean, we've seen IG-90 in comics. Yeah. Um, so it could be another droid in the series, or it could be we're getting confirmed that there might be another IG-88. I, I'm, I'm not saying any of this is real. I'm just yeah. saying possibilities. The biggest possibility is, though... Possibilities? It is IG-88. Yeah. Never possibility. That's not... Don't don't cut that segment out. And keep it in context. <laughs> I said the possibility is that it's IG-88. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. Yes. Now, yeah. I mean, again, our and many others knee-jerk reaction is that it's IG-88, which yeah. is exciting. It was mine. Um, and certainly hope so. Definitely. And it, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first thing that, uh, I believe it's uh, making Star Wars uh, net, uh, it wouldn't be the first thing that they've r shared a rumor of that turned out to be confirmed. So, yeah. uh, it was interesting that about a week after that started surfacing is when John Favreau confirmed it. So he could have been keeping up with, hey, they saw IG on set. Let's yeah. just tease him a little bit. I'm so freaking excited. Uh, I'm, I'm just happy to see an IG model in oh yeah. live action Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, other than IG-88, we haven't seen that. We've seen in Clone Wars, we've seen in comics, but mm -hmm. uh, e even just being in the family of IG-88 yeah. uh, would, would be amazing. So um, I'm yeah. really looking forward to the months ahead when we start to get more content and confirmation of what's happening in this. You know, we've, oh, we've yeah. seen so little uh, that, uh, you know, obviously celebration is when I'm expecting to get yeah. a lot. But, yeah, definitely just the idea. Yeah. Um, can I say, we just binge-watched in two days all of Westworld Season 2. Yes. It made me so excited for The Mandalorian for some reason. I don't know mm -hmm. why. Well, I'm hoping uh, the level of quality is, is very similar. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really hope that what we see in, ter in terms of deep storytelling is there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not a whole lot of similarities between the two, but I think yeah. there, there's enough in knowing that this show, this TV show, has accomplished so much... That yeah. they're, you know, in the hands of Disney, imagine what the Mandalorian can do. Oh, yeah, and I think the past couple of years I've become such a fan of, like, gunslinger, Old West, but also modern, futuristic kind of... Y yeah, there is that release. similar aesthetic, too, of, you know, the Mandalorian, as we've been sold so far, looks very Western-oriented, you know, very uh, kind of gunslinger, sheriff of the town kind of style. Yeah. Uh, which is a big reason that Cobb Vanth is who a lot of people are assuming the Mandalorian is. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, definitely there's a lot uh, that... There's, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, mm -hmm. and, and as details continue to come out, it's only going to uh, 
the excitement's only going to grow. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, and another piece of fun, Galaxy's Edge news. Yeah. Disney World. Yep. Well, Disneyland too, but we don't go. We to don't Disneyland. go there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, we're arguably. We might someday. Maybe. But. I mean, it'd be nice yeah. one day, but. Yeah, just to go see like all the Marvel stuff that they have there. Mm-hmm. Because they have a lot more Marvel stuff. Um, so, Galaxy's Edge news. Brooks Barnes shared on Twitter that one of the Galaxy's Edge primary attractions, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, will be able to handle around 1,800 guests per hour. Yep. That is incredibly exciting. It's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um. That's a lot of damage. You know, that, I mean, I was one of many who was a little worried at first because of rumors of what it how it appeared to be Mm -hmm. you know just from an outside looking in a lot of people you know obviously have spied in and uh tried to get a glance um at what's going on and a lot of people based on what's been shared have been worried how how many pods aka falcon uh you know cockpits simulated cockpits are there going to be are there going to be enough to handle everybody um and from the sounds of eighteen hundred per hour, I think I think it can handle it. I, I you know I think it's going to be moving at a reasonable uh, pace. Um, that's at least five. Uh, based on the math, that's at least five. I I don't know how to call. It, I guess uh, five rounds. Yeah. Per minute, yeah. meaning five groups of people are doing it at once per minute. I don't think that's exact math, but uh, if you divide it by 60 minutes and then uh, by six guests, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how you'd work out the entirety of math, but um, for the most part, it sounds like they're more than prepared for handling the mass amounts of guests that they're going to have. Which is refreshing. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I think, I think you can at least expect an hour's wait. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to speculate and say, I think the average is going to be about an hour's wait. I, I don't think there's any way around that, um, because you've also got to figure there's going to be people doing it multiple times, so, um, either way, it's good news that they're taking into consideration the amount of people they're going to have, um, and this is kind of a, he did give it in a kind of generalized way, up mm-hmm. to 1800, so, you know, there's nothing exact about it, but the numbers at least tell us they're thinking about the capacity. Which is good. Yes. Lord knows. Um, you know, and I think that has to do a lot with uh, Pandora opening up and them dealing with the busyness uh, of that. I mean, people waiting yeah. in line for three hours. Uh, I hope, I, you know, I think that plenty of people complete the ride and are satisfied enough to say it was worth it, but Disney definitely wants to capitalize on the worth of their rides mm-hmm. and unfortunately a lot of worth is tied into how much does it take how much of an investment do I have to make you know time wise financially all of these other things how much do I have to put in to enjoy this thing so the least investment possible obviously you know you have to pay for it but as far as time goes if I don't have to pay for it and then wait three hours yeah that's better you know um for those of us that have endured long waits for Disney rides, th- 
I think anything they give, I think an hour it will seem re- refreshing. I mean, I think it'll seem normal. Yeah. You know. Like we we are very used to waiting in line. Yeah. So uh, you know, we did an hour for Pandora. We did. Um, well, you didn't, but uh, I and our friends did an hour waiting for Slinky Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've put in time waiting for yeah. new attractions, and it's been worth it. I mean, yeah. It, here's here's some tips uh, for anyone planning to go that's worried about that. Number one, go with a good group of friends that you're going to be able to entertain yourselves along the way, or be willing to make friends. Or be willing to make, you know, when we were waiting to meet Joy and Sadness at uh, Epcot, we just started talking to people in line because they spotted I had lightsabers, little uh, lightsabers on the zippers of my yeah. backpack. That started a conversation. When we were waiting for Soren in, uh, also in Epcot, yeah. um, you know, we started talking to some teenagers, um, and once they found out we had a podcast, you know, it was just, you know, uh, yeah. down the rabbit hole from there. So... Either be willing to talk to people and make friends, which you should. You're in a place where I think everybody has some sort of love for Star Wars if they're yeah. there. Um, so be willing to make friends or go with enough friends that you can talk with and engage with, you know, uh, that passes the time. The other thing is, you know... Uh, Don't complain. <laughs> go in with the right mindset. Yes. If you're going in, like... The you know, with the mindset that it's going to be a horrible wait and it's going to be all, you know, ju- just try and be positive about it. And the fact yeah. is, we've seen how Disney has started to make the ride, the, the lines for rides more interactive and engaging. So be open to that, you know, engage with what's around you. In Pandora, you know, they invite you to look around and look at the different um, exhibits and all these other things as you're traveling through the line. Mm-hmm. You, you can almost feel like you're just going through a, a visual museum if you don't remember that, oh, I'm in the line for something. You know, so uh, make the most of your environment and, and engage with what's around you. Be positive about it. All that good stuff. And ultimately, you know, just remember you're about to fly the Millennium Falcon. Uh, as long as you keep remembering that, I don't think it matters how long you wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but that's just that's just our tips. That's what helps us. Just remember what you're doing, why you're doing it, uh, and, you know, uh, keep in mind who you're doing it with. Make sure you're going with the right group of friends. Not necessarily that there's a wrong group of friends, but just make sure you're, you're uh, engaging, you know. Talk about things. Don't yeah. talk about how long the line is and how much you're waiting. Yeah, talk because about, that kind of that ruins the mood for other people. Yeah, talk about how excited you are to you know, do what you're going to do. Talk about your theories. What's it going to be like? What's it going to look, what, what are you going to do? All these other things, you know, um, just try and be as positive about it as you can. I think, I think they give you plenty to be positive about. I'm, I'm very excited for Galaxy's Edge and, and knowing that they're preparing for our mass invasion of, uh, the fandom to the park, I think is good news. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lot of good news. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's about it yep. for the so news. We're going to have a brief interruption from the banking clan, and then we'll be getting back at you with the main show uh, of the day. Yeah. All right, so it's a new year, and we've got new deals for you. Um, new deals. The, the good news is, if you go back, if you uh, 
are still interested in Audible, you can still sign up for an Audible free trial. Unfortunately, you don't get the 53% off. That ended December 31st, but you can still sign up for a free trial. The good news is that whatever you get in that free trial, you get to keep. If you don't sign up for the monthly membership, you know, you're, if after the first month you're like, yeah, I don't really like it, uh, you can cancel, and then you still get to keep your books. Exactly. So um, still, those links to uh, Audible are still valid. Just know that you won't get that 53% off. But, again, new deals for you. We do have some new stuff. Uh, we recently uh, signed up for Amazon Prime, and we are loving it. Uh, between uh, all the things that we've bought for ourselves and family, you know, uh, in terms of gifts for people, and then just... Uh, buying different things uh, for ourselves. We've really found a benefit to having Amazon Prime both in the, um, you know, the, the two-day uh, free shipping, uh, getting things quicker when you need them, uh, and, and also just the benefits to shopping with Amazon. Uh, and, and so if you would like to, <laughs> if you haven't um, signed up for Amazon Prime, if you haven't tried it out, you can check out a link in the description of this episode uh, for a 30-day free trial. Uh, again, it's just something that you can try out, see if see if you benefit from it. If you if you're a frequent Amazoner, then you might you might like it. You might find that it suits you uh, and it's good for you. And really, it's only twenty dollars. Is it what is it? How much is it? Do How you much remember? Is it? Um, I don't. I don't I'm remember. Just... I think it's like a hundred dollars a year. Yes, yes, that is You it. can pay month to month, or you can just pay $100 for the whole year. Think about it this way. That $100 guarantees that everything you buy in the next 365 days gets free two-day shipping. So if anything else, you're buying easier shipping. Yeah. Um, but uh, it also means that you get certain discounts on certain products and all this other stuff. So give it a try. Uh, check out the link in the description. Give it a shot. Now, if you're a student, meaning if you are enrolled in college currently... If you go to Colleg, you can get a different kind of deal for Amazon Prime. You can get your first six months 50% off. Uh, Amazon Student is a great way for students to get everything they need for school life and home life uh, easier. So if you're a student, student? I don't know what that Studious is. Student. I don't know what a student is, but if you're a student going to Colleg, then check out the link in the description for a 50% off six-month trial of Amazon Prime Student. Oh, John. The other link, hold hold your horses. Hold, it's hold so your good. Hold your ridiculous horses. It's so good, John. The last link that you can check out before I unleash Megan is a link to Amazon's top deals for everything. So this isn't just one type of category. This isn't just one type of lifestyle. This is Amazon's deals for everything. So check out the link. See what deals you can get on some Star Wars goodies or maybe some other things that you're interested in, your other hobbies, uh, whatever it may be. But check out the link. Check out what awesome things they have. Megan, as always, has scoured for just the the, the bestest of deals for you uh, to intrigue yeah. you into checking out the link. Usually, I only do like two or three things. Oh, gosh. How it's many? just one okay. this time. All right. It's just one. It is that good. Okay. John... And her, can I interest you for thirteen twenty nine? No. Plus shipping. No. No the, shipping if if you've got Amazon Prime though. You're correct. In the Rapper's Delight Hip Hop Cookbook. <laughs> hip Hop what? Rapper's, the Rapper's Delight. Delight Hip Hop Cookbook. <laughs> How does that even work? 
Showing me the thing doesn't tell me anything. It What's... contains such recipes as Ludacrispy Duck. Oh my gosh. Notorious P.I.G. Oh my... <laughs> Snoop Stroganoff. Oh my gosh. Tiramisu Elliot. <laughs> and many more. Oh man, that and is fantastic. Many, you for many once more. for once, guys, you actually need this. So <laughs> check out the link in the description. Find the can you one more time, what's it called? It is the Rapper's Delight Hip Hop Cookbook. Find that please using the link in our description. I'm gonna tweet it. You buy it. Know. Buy ten of it. Give it to everyone you know because everyone needs this gift. Uh but, yeah, check it out. It's a great way uh, for you to get awesome stuff, first of all, get great deals, and you end up supporting the show with everything you purchase. Every time you make a purchase through those links, you support the show. It's just another way for the show to um, grow and continue to do what it do. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, we are buying this tonight. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we, you should buy it. Use the links. Have fun. Uh, get get on these deals, guys. Anyway, but uh, one more promotion for you, and then back to the show. Alrighty, so uh, now we have found ourselves with the main show. Uh, this is the the thing. We found ourselves afflicted with main show. Yes, this is the thing. This is this is what we Moo have gathered here to do. That rhymed. I didn't intend for that, but it did. I don't. Uh, the it's it's a new year. Me? And yeah. I was trying to think of something that wasn't <clears throat> that silly as New Me New Year, New Me, whatever. But I did want to capitalize on the time. I wanted to capitalize on what we and everybody else in the world are going through, which is a new year. Uh, of course, um, some parts of the world and some cultures have experienced New Year earlier than us. Some are experiencing it later than us. Regardless, we're all experiencing at some point a new year. And there's a lot to be thought about. Uh, most people go into a mental crisis thinking about what is going to happen with this new year. Another 365 days. What am I going to do? What's it going to look like? How's it going to change? All this other stuff. And as always, when approaching things with life, you know, we love to refer back to Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and see what Star Wars has to say about it <clears throat> and, and all that good stuff. And so that's what we're going to do here today. I, I'm not... I'm. I sound like I'm explaining it to you. I'm explaining it to the people behind the microphone. <laughs> I was about to say, I know. Right. We we talked about this. We we wrote the script and and whatnot. So, but but yeah. So that that's what today entails is just sitting back with the idea of new and what Star Wars has to say about new. Uh, and, and so we'll kind of journey through that. Yeah. Um, new beginnings and redemption, uh, and just opportunities. Yeah. F Y I. I equate those as very similar things. You know, redemption entails a new beginning. A new thing is happening. A new hope. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> and, and so that they're closely related uh, in this discussion. So uh, they, they have a big part in the Star Wars narrative. Uh, and in the big and little of Star Wars and on either side of light and dark, we see things can change, that new things can come about. And depending on the point of view... Those new things can be good or bad, mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is just like life. Uh, regardless, when we think about it being a new year, there's a lot that we can discuss about new things in Star Wars. Uh, let's we're going to talk real world first, 
Um, we like to keep it balanced uh, on the show. Star Wars is a narrative, and we can dis- discuss and, and dissect and study uh, it as a subject, but it's also a phenomenon that reflects many things in the fandom and the world around us. Uh, and we love to look at both aspects because, you know, we're not delusional that Star Wars itself is real, but it does have a real effect, yeah. certainly. Uh, and so Star Wars is much, as much a story as it is reality. So in reality, <clears throat> we as fans have had experience with new things a few times over the past 20 years or so. 20 years ago specifically, when The Phantom Menace came out, uh, that was new. Four years ago when The Force Awakens came out, that was new. Uh, when the EU became Legends, that was new. That was very um, new. You know, everything Star Wars now is new. It can be an echo of the past, it can be an influenced by the past, but in all reality, it is new. And, and so, how would you say the fandom has handled new Star Wars, and why do you think it's been handled the way it is? Hmm. You know when you're on a plane, and there's a child sitting behind you, and they keep kicking your chair, and their mom asks them to stop, and they start screaming? Mm-hmm. I feel that way sometimes when I'm look- scrolling through Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Can we please... Please stop. There's been a lot of hurt feelings, hurt butts, I would say, over the past year with, you know, all of the changes, the perceived changes that have happened around and to Star Wars as a whole. And I don't think, I think it has been handled beautifully by some, by most really, Mm -hmm. but there are a few who have handled it like screaming children mm-hmm. but yeah it's just it's a mixed bag really mm-hmm. hmm. <laughs> I guess for me as someone who you know I kind of came into the Star Wars fandom more fully in the past couple of years it hasn't really affected me that much but I don't know how do you feel as someone who's always been in the Star Wars fandom? Um, you know, I've, I've seen uh, both aspects uh, pretty fully. Um, you know, I was there for the reception of the prequels, and, you know, I was here for the reception of the sequels, uh, and basically everything else that came with it. Um, and both were kind of earth-shattering. Both were were very extreme, one way or the other. Uh, It didn't matter if it was a reception to... uh, It didn't matter if it was liking it or if it was disliking it, but um, receiving new Star Wars is always extreme. Um, I would say that if it weren't for the prequels, the original trilogy... I could have grown out of loving it. Um, I could have easily moved on. It could have just kind of faded with, I liked those, uh, you know, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with those when I was younger. And it would just be kind of a nostalgic thing. But when the prequels came about, it was sort of this reignition. And um, it 
pulled me more fully into Star Wars. Uh, and then having been able to continue with it, you know, when when the uh, prequels ended, Clone Wars began. When Clone Wars ended, uh, you know, uh, not long after that we got uh, Episode 7 and Rebels and now Episode uh, 8 and Resistance and the standalone, you know. So because it's continued to put out new things, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's why I continue to love Star Wars so much, is it continues to be new, it continues to keep coming. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I guess I kind of made it a little more personal than, uh, my, my, my main thing is that it just, it seems to be extreme one way or the other. You either love it or you hate it. I've, very, very rarely met casual Star Wars fans. I'm not saying that people don't exist, and I'm not saying that you're the wrong kind of fan if you don't extremely extremely love it mm -hmm. or anything. I just mean that it's very uncommon for me to encounter someone like that. Almost everyone I encounter has very strong opinions, positive and sometimes negative, uh, strong opinions about Star Wars. Yeah. And so, and I think that's especially centered around new things. You know, it, it's something to be said. I mean, growing up, my bar for if you qualified to be my friend or not, was <laughs> what do you think of the prequels? My bar now of whether or not I'm going to talk to you for more than two minutes about Star Wars is what do you think about the sequels? Uh, and, and now, that sounds judgmental. It's a joke. Don't take it too far. Yeah. But it, it's something to be said about the attitude that depending on how people feel about these new things are how I kind of feel about them. Yeah. And I think that's very prevalent in Star Wars fandom. Yeah, I feel like that's become a pretty good jumping-off point for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, because people so get so passionate about it, if, if we can't meet eye-to-eye -eye on the prequels or the sequels or even the original trilogy, I don't mean to leave the... The, the most debate seems to be about the prequels and the sequels, but some people, yeah. you know... Uh, in spite of popular belief, there's some people out there that love the prequels that aren't the biggest fans of the original trilogy. To be fair, there is a bit of different storytelling, there's a different era of uh, interest, and it, it's certainly more difficult if you come in introduced to the prequels, the new thing, mm -hmm. and go back to the old thing. There's a, there's a separation. Yeah, and I will say definitely the way that we perceive Star Wars as adults versus, I will say, the Star Wars of our childhood. Mm-hmm very different like uh, I would have killed to have this much Star Wars oh yeah when I was a well, kid. and and I think you you're right that I, yeah. I think I think it depends I, I the way you interpret Star Wars greatly depends on how you come into it yeah uh, and, and, and whatnot and so I think those new points of Star Wars those big points when Star Wars got new again mm -hmm. you know when the prequels came out when the sequels came out, what the way you receive that new Star Wars is going to depend on how you see Star Wars for the rest of your life. Oh, definitely. We are blessed to have this much Star Wars to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's certainly a perspective to have. Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I definitely agree with you that we, I mean, we're in a time of a Star Wars oasis and ex, an explosion of Star Wars content, yeah. but that's a negative for some people and and I can understand that um, yeah. but 
it, it all comes with new things. It's a new time. Uh, it's a new form of storytelling. It's new. Uh, and the question sometimes just has to be, are we willing to grow with this new Star Wars thing, or are we just going to stick with the Star Wars we, we already have? And here, I'm not telling you that you have to change yourself until you like the new Star Wars. Yeah. I'm just saying that you have to ask yourself if you want to. If you don't, that's fine, and you can yeah. continue to enjoy what you want. You know, this isn't meant to be an episode of why you should enjoy new Star Wars. It's just merely to be an analysis of new things in Star Wars, um, yeah. in the fandom and in the story. And that's the long and short of it, is I don't care how you feel about the sequels, the prequels, or really anything. If you like Star Wars, let's be friends. Yeah, you know, um, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that we, we, we as people... You know, I'm not even talking about Star Wars exclusively. Just as people, we love to hate those who love the new thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it whether it be those dang, dang fangled iPhones and whatnot. Back in my day, we didn't have those. And, <laughs> you know, you're becoming too dependent because you mm -hmm. use it so much. And it's, you know, just hate. Like, it's new to you. You don't like it. It's new to them. They do like it. Therefore, they're wrong. That, that's not the attitude we should have towards those who like the new thing. Uh, now, going into new things, should we just accept things as good because they're new? No. You know, we have to decide for ourselves if it's good for us and, and whatnot. Um, but we have to be responsible enough to say, hey, <clears throat> they like a new thing, I'm not going to hate them just because of that. Yeah. And, and even if you don't want to go f so far as to say hate... I'm not going to challenge them and force them. Uh, I'm not going to continually challenge them until they see it my way. Yeah. I'm not going to gatekeep <clears throat> and, and, you know, try and show them the error of their ways. No, I'm just going to let them like what they like. I'm going to like what I like. And wherever in the Venn diagram we meet in the middle, we're going to like that together. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, I mean, and it doesn't have to be... It could be as simple as this. I don't like the Ewok Adventures. You like the Ewok Adventures. I might not like that movie, but I think the idea of murder bears is pretty dang rad. So yeah. let's just talk about that. I'm not, I, you know, I can't talk about the movie because I'm afraid that I will be negative towards something you like. I don't want to do that. Let's talk about something that is positive between the both of us. Murder bears. You know, we can, we can at least share that conversation. Same thing of, hey, I like the original trilogy, you like the prequels. Obi-Wan's in both of them. Yeah. Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor are amazing actors. Let's talk about that. You know, let's, you know, I keep, we, we, we keep coming back to the idea that Rose presented, the, the story of, of Rose in The Last Jedi, where it's like, you know, it's not about hating things, it's about saving what you love. It's not about destroying yeah. what you don't like and don't disagree with, because all you leave in your wake is destruction at that point. Great, you got rid of the thing you you hate, but at what cost? Exactly. Instead, save what you love so that there is something after the fight. You know, um, I was reading the Star Wars comics, uh, the main run recently. I was rereading them, actually. And there's a segment when, you know, uh, Leia and Luke are talking to the Saw Gerrera uh, partisans, you know, the, the gruff rebels, the, the um, guerrilla tactic rebels and whatnot. And they're talking about, you know... We can't just 
keep fighting uh, uh, this way. You know, it's not just about destroying the enemy. It's about finding a better way to live. Yeah. You know, so what if you defeat the Empire? If you don't create a new way of living, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and, and so, soapbox aside, I think <laughs> that, you know, we have to be very responsible and mindful of how we accept and go in and treat new things and the people that like them. Yeah, it's you okay know. for people to like things. Let people like things 2019. Yeah. I almost said 2018. It's 2019 now, so. Um, so that's the reality of new things in Star Wars. Uh, but what about the story itself? Uh, in Star Wars, one of the greatest stories of a new beginning and of redemption uh, is arguably Darth Vader. Even the idea of saving the villain rather than slaying him was a new idea for many filmgoers. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it was completely new, but it was definitely um, a minority uh, idea at the time in, in storytelling. You know, storytelling at that point was good guy beat bad guy. Yes. You know? Good uh, guy beat bad guy. It, it, was, it was that straightforward. But <clears throat> good guy saving the bad guy, that's a little different. It yeah. wasn't something we're used to. Um, so, do you think it was an important decision to redeem Vader instead of killing Vader? Although, he did die. But, you know, uh, what, what, what do you think? I think it started a brand new narrative that people hadn't seen before, like you said. I mean, what other films can you think of where the bad guy gets redeemed mm -hmm. fully? Mm -hmm. And gets to die, you know, not just as the bad guy, but as a redeemed Jedi, a redeemed father, mm -hmm. and a redeemed man in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... It takes an incredible amount of grace, and it takes a lot of hope that I don't think a lot of people had seen before. Yeah, and I think that there's layers of application for it because you, you know you can it's not just about how Luke perceives Vader but it's about how Vader perceives Vader but, exactly. you know Luke perceives it as there's still good <clears throat> in, in him you know so you can take it in the sense of in every bad thing there's still a good that can be found exactly. um, but from Vader's perspective you know of it's too late for me you can you can be reminded that it's never too late mm -hmm. um there's always a way. You know, uh, well, I want to make an antidote to that. The, it's not that it's never too late. It's only too late when you decide it is. Let yes. me put it that way. Because there is such a thing as it being too late. Uh, unfortunately, we are luminous yet finite beings. And uh, eventually we have to end. You know, our light stops. And while we might have left light with other people, we are no longer here. At that point... Yeah it becomes too late to change our story. Yeah, We can't reach back and do anything with that. Yeah. But in the time that we are here, we have time, if we, let our, if we allow ourselves and if we choose to, we have time to change things. Yeah. You know? What's the quote that we, we just watched it? I think it's, um, you only live as long as the last person who remembers you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you go far beyond yourself. Yeah. Uh, and only now do you have a chance to change what the next guy tells your, of your story. Mm -hmm. um, I can make so many Hamilton references right now, <laughs> but I will not. Uh, so, 
that you know that said you can perceive it from Vader's light of it's only too late if you decide it is it was only too late for Vader because Vader decided so mm -hmm. um, so maybe you feel like I can't change I can't make anything good come of this I'm too far gone I'm too far down the hole you know just remember that it's now could it be an enormous mountain of work to get that change Absolutely, but that's the kind of change that's worth it. Yeah. But you have to be willing to choose to do it. You know, yeah. um, I think I think that's what Vader wasn't... You know, I, 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 I hearken back to uh, the 2003 Clone Wars series when Anakin's talking to Obi-Wan. Yes, it's non-canon, but I'm still referring to it. Um, you know, he, he's looking at the uh, Nevalian people who had just recently been, been returned after being heavily... Uh, disfigured and modified for evil purposes, and he says, you know, do you think they'll ever get back to life the way it once was? And Obi-Wan says, if they're willing to face themselves. Vader was unwilling to face himself. Therefore, he was unable to return things to the way they should have been. You know, we have to be willing to do that. Yeah. Uh, and so forth. Here's the thing that not a lot of people are going to tell you. And it is... I've personally, if I can get very personal for a minute, I felt this a lot in, you know, dealing with a mental health journey. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people who are going to tell you, you know, it gets better. And it does. It really does. If you want it to. Mm -hmm. If you are willing to make the effort of, you know finding help for yourself, whatever that may look like, you know, if it's finding a good friend who you can confide in, if it's, you know, seeking out therapy, if it's seeking out, you know, medical treatment, anything like that, mm -hmm. you are the first step in that. You are the person who has to make that decision. Right, well, and I'll add to that, you know, uh, to keep it, not to keep it, but to, to add the Star Wars layer to, to that. Yeah. Uh, because I completely agree with that. It was not enough for Luke to want Vader to be okay again. Exactly. It was not enough for Luke to say, there's still good in you. Oh, really? Why didn't you tell me so? You yeah. know, that was a catalyst. And sometimes we need that catalyst. But ultimately, the, ult the, the actual redemption comes from Vader. Exactly. Anakin choosing to act. You know, choosing yeah. to... Uh, destroyed that evil thing that it destroyed so much in his life yeah. and so uh absolutely you know uh you, and um you know um, how imaginable is it that we we would be sitting here talking about the good advice of the life of darth vader um <laughs> but it, it it's it's true that as much as we want to look at it from the sense of it's good to have hope in those dark things it's good to be in luke's shoes and look at it and say there's still good in this yeah uh you can do that a lot, but sometimes you need to look at yourself and say, there's still good in me, you yeah. know? It's, you have to realize that it's okay, it's okay to forgive yourself, for Pete's sake. Like, well, y yes, because, I mean, look at, Va okay, Vader, you know? Yeah. Vader did horrible things for the past 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, his entire birth was founded in horrible things. Yeah, um, which we're going to talk about You that. know, and... I mean, I, eventually I want to even sit down and do a Kill Count episode, see how much how how much death did Darth Vader actually bring to the galaxy. Spoiler alert, it's a lot. So much, guys. And this is the man at the end 
that we are glad to see redeemed, that we're glad to see be the hero. Uh, and, and, and that's because, you know, you kind of have to get, get past the past yeah. in order to get to the future. Now, there wasn't much of a future for David. He died there. But nonetheless, you know, I, I come back to a quote from Leia from Forces of Destiny that I, I've loved lately and keep at my desk where it's, you know, I can't quote it exactly, but uh, the idea being, you know, nobody remembers all the failure. And in the case of Vader, I would replace that with no, nobody's going to remember all the bad. Mm-hmm. They're going to remember that one time you stood up and were good. You know, now, we can get technical. If we you've read, If you've read Star Wars Bloodlines with me, then you understand that there's still a lot of mudslinging regarding Vader uh, and regarding Anakin in that sense. There's still a lot of bad to be had. But it's not a matter of what do others think. It's a matter of what do I think. And ultimately what I remember, it's coming from the perspective of Luke and Leia, what I remember is not my father as the slayer of the galaxy, but my father as the man who decided to come back from the dark side. You know, uh, and so, yes, and, absolutely. Be yeah. be willing to forgive yourself. Don't necessarily, you know, a lot of people, and I might... There's people that will take that a little too far. The, well, and that's why I might not agree with some uh, people, some of my mentors and uh, whatnot who bolster the idea of forgive and forget you know we're meant to do that in a very uh compassionate sense towards others but whatever you whatever you choose to forget about your past is bound to be repeated Mm -hmm. and i speak of that from someone who has gone through work to amend parts of my past with myself and others uh so it's not that i hold that the past over my head i don't choose to remember my past to shame myself or shame others I remember my past so that I don't repeat it Uh, and so uh, you don't necessarily have to forget everything you did but you do have to remember it in a new light if you're willing to make change and learn from your mistakes then there's no reason to forget your mistakes because you don't want to make them again Uh, so but you have to be willing to forgive yourself yeah you know and that forgiveness though looks like action that forgiveness is not just I forgive myself for doing that horrible thing. It's not that. Yeah. Vader didn't just say, I'm sorry, son, and let, you know, things can... He acted. <laughs> he, yeah. he he actually did something uh, with that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, um, <clears throat> before, we, before we get into the next week, one thing I wanted to mention is, uh, <clears throat> on the Force Center, Ken Knapsack recently resurfaced something I read as a child that... You know, really got my brain moving on this topic of Darth Vader and redemption and all that. He read from the 1983 novelization. And if you haven't read it, I would read it, understanding that it's non-canon. Yeah. Um, but just because it's non-canon doesn't mean it's non-awesome. Exactly. I mean, The Revenge of the Sith is non-canon, but it's the best Star Wars novel out there. Arguably, near to best is yeah. the... Uh, novelization of Return of the Jedi from 1983. Also, I apologize <clears throat> if you don't like the sound of cracking knuckles. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad habit. It's a very um, bad If you haven't read the novel, I really encourage you to do so. Specifically the end when Vader's redeemed. The, the narration of what's going on is beautiful. And it made me think about something I hadn't thought about before. 
in the novelization, uh, Vader is very self-conscious of his appearance, his physical appearance. And he starts to think that the reason that Luke is crying and, and uh, is sort of mortified in that moment is because of his appearance. Now, the reason that jumped out to me is because anyone that struggles with mental health, you know, for me, I saw myself in that moment of this wasn't just a, a moral shame. This was a physical shame. He equated the physical shame of what must I look like to my son right now? He equated the physical of he must think I'm so ugly to the to the moral. It's not just about oh my face is pale and scarred. It's about look look at all that I've done. He must think I'm such a monster. He must think I'm so ugly. You know, he he relates the two so closely. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, when we're thinking of you know, we have to forgive ourselves a little bit. We have to learn from Vader and be willing to to let go yeah. of that enough to be able to change the future. We have to let go of the past enough to change the future. Yeah. You know, in, in order to accept who he was, he had to accept all of that ugliness. Yeah. And one of my favorite sayings that it's it's such a Pinterest, pretty, like, just, just girly things quote, but mm -hmm. be kind to everyone, and that includes yourself. And, and it's absolutely true. Um, you know, we can get trapped in looking at ourselves as that ugly monster, and we can think, who could save me? Who could love yeah. me? Who could want me? Uh, and, and the fact is, you have to begin by forgiving and loving and wanting yourself. You have to, you have to yeah. start with yourself, and from there, others will follow. And if I could get real sappy real quick. Uh-oh. You are living proof that I deserve love. And I think that there are people out there who could, you know, benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, you don't have someone at the moment, there's always going to be someone who's willing to love you and sometimes that person has to be you yeah i mean you you know you can't put the weight of loving you completely on someone else yes um you know we had that conversation before we got married of you know can you love you without me can you be happy without me not because i'm not going to be here but if you need me to do all that i can't yeah. Live up to that. And, you know, and it's not just something I said to you. We said this, we agreed to this together to say that I'm not, I'm not putting the full weight of loving me on you. I yeah. can't do that. I have to be sure, I have to, I have to love myself. I have to find happiness within myself as well, you know, because yeah. ultimately you're a beautiful addition to that. But it's not your job to do that completely. Yeah. And... and Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and, you know, we have to learn that for ourselves. Each individual has to learn. Now, there's times when you can't love yourself that others will love you for you. Yeah. But that can't last forever. And that, that kind of change doesn't happen overnight. No. Um, you have to give it time. Um, you know, we can look at Vader and say, well, in a moment he turned things around. R remember that for 23 years that had been building up. Yeah. Um, you know, Anakin had been, 
pushing through here and there a little bit by time mm-hmm. uh, until that final culmination. And, and I think that was, of course, the order of the force, that it would happen at just the right time. Yeah. And that's the way it happens in life. The order of things leads to the point when you most need it. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah. Again, I mean, the fact that we're sitting here talking about Darth Vader, you know, once ranked <laughs> in the top 50 of uh, evil villains, um, I believe even still so, of, you know, things like Time Magazine, all these others. You know, one of the greatest villains has one of the greatest lessons, mm-hmm. uh, which is a beautiful thing, and, and so we have to be willing to learn from that. Um, it's it's a new and beautiful thing that um, Vader uh, becomes Anakin once again. And, you know, and we can, you know, we, we will eventually talk about Vader much more, and then we can get into the whole... Is Vader Anakin? Is Anakin Vader? Is there a separation? Did he deserve to be redeemed? Why is he a force? You know, there's a whole plethora of other Darth Vader-related conversations, but, you know, here it's a big focus on the redemption and the new life Vader found in becoming Anakin, even for the briefest of moments. Um, You know, so, uh, good stuff. Uh, Anyway, moving on. uh, The the trilogy... Huh? That got real sappy. Hey, that's fine. That's what we do here at Nerd Herder. We we just punch your guts with emotions and all the kinds of feels. So uh, some feels are good feels, some feels are sad feels, but uh, not all not all sadness is bad. Yeah. Uh, the trilogy is also full of newness for our main trio of heroes. Luke goes from farm boy to Jedi. Leia goes from princess to politi- uh, princess and politician to commander and fighter. Han goes from questionable smuggler to heroic leader. So what what do you think it says about each character as the experience as they experience this change of new responsibility and characteristics? What do you, what do you think it says about the characters that they change from when we're first introduced and, and such? Well, I think a lot of them start off you know, looking out for number 1, the moan self. That was the most grammatically incorrect sentence I could ever muster. <laughs> I'm going to personally apologize to my third grade teacher. I apologize to Webster. <laughs> I apologize, Mr. Webster. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. I think, you know, Leia, she, she kind of finds a new strength in herself that she probably already knew that she had, but she just learns to extend her own strength to others. And to use it to inspire and bring hope to others. Yeah, well, in, you know, in the comics, we really see Leia struggle with taking leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're kind of led to believe in canon up until that point that was her father's role. Yeah. Um, And there's a beautiful moment in the Star Wars comics when she recalls just before she left... um, uh, for Scarif to retrieve the plans and go to get uh, Obi-Wan and her, her father says to her, you know, there's no one I trust more for this than you. And mm-hmm. she's, she reflects on that as, you know, I thought he was just talking about this mission, but re- in reality he was talking about the rest of my life. And, and that, I think, is the new thing for Leia, is she's learning that it's not just about now, it's about forever. Yeah. You know, going back to what we were talking about, about it's not just about beating the enemy now, it's about creating a new way of life. And um, I think 
she also got a little more hands off because, uh, you know, she was uh, aide to her father uh, in the Imperial Senate, and she was uh, definitely a leader. But I think she was a leader in a very extended way. Mm -hmm. um, she wasn't, uh, except on rare occasions, she wasn't on the ground. You know, she wasn't with uh, the troops and, and whatnot. She wasn't in the trenches kind of thing. And based on what we see in the rest of Star Wars, though, that seriously changed. Yeah. You know, she's fighting with everybody else. She She's almost... You could almost confuse her for just another soldier if you didn't know who she was. Yeah. You know, but the same Leia that is, you know, uh, getting in the action-packed adventure of rebelling is also the same one that gets dressed up for the fancy meetings with Mon Mothma and General Dodonna and uh, Admiral Akbar. You know, she's the one that's having these meetings with these big leaders now, mm -hmm. do you see Admiral Akbar grabbing his blaster and going down with the troops? No, no. You, you see Leia. So, that's not to, you know, for the Leia fans, we love Leia. We're not trying to downplay and say that before A New Hope, she was in a stuffy office and, you know, just uh, not participating and not helping and all. Yeah. No, there there was a bit of that, but I think, it, I think the newness for Leia is that she changed to being... A fighter for the people. Um, yeah, I think I think Leia probably had a perspective none of the other leaders of the rebellion had. Again, Mon Mothma. When did you see her draw a black? And now, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> but her leader, John. Not everybody needs to grab a blaster. We do need the people that stay in the office and do the leading. Yes, but is there not a way to lose the value in human life when you distance yourself from it? Yes. It, you know it. So, for instance, the lesson that Leia teaches Poe, great, you destroyed a Death, you, you, uh, Death, not Death Star, you destroyed a Dreadnought. Yeah. How many, how many pilots did you lose? How many of the few pilots, how many of the people did you lose to accomplish your thing? Yes. Now, it's one of those things where I think Leia learned that from the, you know, I think the, the Leia came to that level of compassion because of the rebellion because of being one of those people you know i don't i wouldn't want anybody moving me around as a pawn piece not caring about me and what happens to me as long as as long as we win you know it doesn't matter what happens to the little soldiers here and there it doesn't matter who we lost we destroyed a dreadnought right mm -hmm. no it matters the people around us matter and and i think leia knows that and and expresses that more than I mean, and that is a lesson we've seen Ahsoka learn in the Clone Wars as well. Mm. That it does... The end does not justify the means at times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm always a firm believer of that. Yeah, so that's late. What about Han? Han is probably... I mean, having seen his backstory, having seen, you know how much he was, to be honest, screwed over by people he loved and he trusted for probably so many years. Mm -hmm. Having seen that, I can say he possibly had the most work to go through, you know? Because not only did he have to, you know, as we talked about, he had to forgive himself, 
for doing all of those things all those years, he had to learn to forgive other people. Mm-hmm. He had to learn how to trust, which is something so astronomical. Yeah, if you've if you've lost trust, you understand the the, the gravity of uh, yeah. learning to do it again. I mean, and he honestly he had to learn how to make friends again. And mm-hmm. I think you cannot tell me that he was not good friends with Luke. Oh, absolutely. Him. And and again, you know, and I talk about it a lot because there's just so much of it there, you know, especially when you read the comics. You see their relationship more, uh, and you see more of his development, all, all, of all their development. Yeah. Um, you know, we see a glint, we see a scene in, in Solo where Kira calls it out and says, you know, I, I know who you really are. You're the good guy. Mm-hmm. And he wants to doubt that to high heaven. You know, he wants to dis- no. Yeah. That, that's not what people look up to. That's not who people care about. That's not what people are impressed by. They're not impressed by the good guy. They're impressed by the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm the baddest guy. Um, <laughs> a bad boy. Uh, you know, and even throughout A New Hope, that's what he's constantly out for. He wants his money. He wants his reward. He wants, you know, all of this other stuff. He's thinking about himself up until the end when he decides to come back. You know, Luke says, you know, you're only good at thinking of yourself. And he proves wrong. He's, yeah. He proves that he can think of others. And along the way, he struggles a lot with learning to care about others, but he does learn it. Mm-hmm. And eventually it leads him to a place, you know, that I think, you know, when you look at each heroes, which is kind of like what we're doing, the, 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 their superpower that they learned. You know, Leia learned to lead the people. Not just now, but lead them uh, fully, yeah. you know. And I think Han learned that he really does care about people. And when you when you look at his life, you really see how that's always been there. He's always been able to cover it up as no, I did it for me. But he proves time and time again that he does care for people, and I think that he learns to use that to eventually become. I think, um, I want to say he's general in Return of the Jedi. I want to say something like uh, that. He's. General Solo or something, but regardless, he has a rank. He's a leader. People exactly. depend on him, and they don't just depend on him for no reason. He's reliable. He's proven he's reliable because he's proven he cares about people. Um. And you know, I, well, I'll save it for when we talk about the sequel trilogy era. But we'll we'll just say that the the the, the, tri- the original trilogy. I think that's where we see Han grow. That's his new thing. Yeah. Han, Han learns to care about. So, on Leia, what about Luke? Luke learns not to be a whiny baby boy who <laughs> just wants to go get some power converters at the end. No. <laughs> we do see him... He, well, we see him go out of his comfort zone so much. I mean, I mean, I think we've talked about it before where Luke, he says, you know, I just want to go away. I want to go do this. But when given the opportunity when Obi-Wan says you know, let's go let's, mm-hmm. let's get out of here like you've always wanted to he's so he has I can't do that, I gotta, I gotta help my uncle exactly you didn't care about helping your uncle a minute ago exactly he, he's a, a lot of talk, not a lot of action at first and you know, he suffers from 
<laughs> teenitis, I guess. <laughs> well, I think he suffers from not really knowing what he wants. He wants yeah. that, but he doesn't really know how to get there. Yeah. He wants what his friends have. What, mm. what his friend has. You know, his friend joined the Imperial Army. And, well, what, what is it Imperial Navy. Imperial Navy. And he was able to, you know, travel. He was able to go away. Mm-hmm. And Luke's sitting there like, oh, maybe I should join the Imperial Navy. Y- yeah, he's he's kind of looking for whatever gets him there. Uh, yeah. Until he finally settles into what what his real destiny is. Yeah. I mean, I think... He, he fits into the trope for me of reluctant hero. He doesn't really want to make that many changes. He doesn't want to, you know... <laughs> he's basically looking for a way out at every turn at first. But when he realizes what he needs to do mm-hmm. and what the consequences are of inaction, mm-hmm. we really see him come into his own of, okay, guess I gotta do it. Yeah. Well, and I think along the way, at every turn, he's also learning to decide for himself. Yeah. You know, because all throughout, people are deciding for him. You know, Obi-Wan tells him he has to be a Jedi. Um, yeah. uh, Uncle Owen tells him he has to be a farmer. And then Yoda tells him he has to be a killer. He has to kill yeah. Darth Vader. And Brew tells him he needs to drink his blue milk. Right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and all along the way, he ends up finding himself uh, by kind of stumbling through other people's expectations for himself. Yeah. Um, you know, when he becomes a Jedi, it's not by the typical sense of being a Jedi. Because, you know, Yoda said, you know, only when you defeat Vader will you be a Jedi. Um I mean, and it's open for interpretation, but we understand that we understood Yoda and Obi Wan's motive for Luke to be that he killed Darth Vader. Yeah. Because they saw they saw that as the only hope. And so it's really interesting that it's not just about what's new to Luke, but it's about what Luke does that's new to others. Yeah. You know, um, Luke was a whole new kind of Jedi at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, is the only truly balanced Force user. At that moment. At that moment. Um, you know, he... He found a way to peace without conflict. Mm-hmm. Without killing his father. Um, that was that was new. That was a new idea to... Uh, or would have been to Obi-Wan and Yoda. You know, obviously, you know, we know them being connected to the Force. Obviously, they had to have been aware of what was going on. And to see, you know, that moment he says... No, you know, no, I'm a Jedi like my father, and throws away his lightsaber. I imagine Yoda and Obi Wan were like, "What is he doing? Yeah. He's supposed to kill him." You know, uh, and y- the cat just fell. Um, it was hilarious. And, I get. It. And yet, uh, instead, he does a new thing and saves Vader. Yeah. He truly fulfills his destiny to be the new hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's it's arguable that it's not just a return of the Jedi as we know it, but it's a return of the Jedi the way they should be. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I think his big new thing was clearly going from farm boy to Jedi and all that that responsibility entails of being selfless and... and, and uh, being balanced and, and being a voice of peace and reason and all this other stuff, um, but he also 
invoked a lot of change everywhere else. Arguably, if he hadn't accepted his new path, mm-hmm. Vader would have no new path. Vader wouldn't have been redeemed. Vader would have just been killed. Yeah, and if we really think about it, in the sequel trilogy, well, as much as we've seen so far, we do see a lot of you know, people reverting back to before mm-hmm. they you know, changed. We see, except for Leia, really. We see Luke going back to isolation, where he thought that he belonged because he had failed. Mm-hmm. We see Han, you know, going back to his old ways because he thought that that was the only thing that he was good at because mm-hmm. he perceived that he had failed. And so, that's that's tough. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, and, it, and that's kind of the direction we're going next, since and since we've got about. 10 minutes left. I mean, we can oh just boy. go ahead and journey there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Join us. Let Yeah, so going with that direction, let's start off with what did, what did you think of Han's return in the sequels? So, you know, we've talked about all the new things that he's gone through, all the change that he's gone through and all this other stuff, and then come back 2015 and we're introduced to Han again. And, yeah. you know, what 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 did you think of his, his story there? I felt really bad for him, as I think a lot of people did. You know, he... He kind of, in his mind, proved himself right about people. Mm. You can't trust anyone. You, you're you always going to be let down. You can't even trust family. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's always one of the saddest things in the world, when people believe that they are justified in the things that they feel about people. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that he was, you know, proven right? No, I don't. I think that he took what happened in not necessarily the correct way. I think I think he wanted to be proven right. I think he wanted to take it that way because it was easier than accepting that he was wrong. Yes. Um, you know, uh, ultimately, you know... He and Leia were not great parents. No. They wanted to be, they tried to be, but ultimately their paths and a little bit of selfishness pulled them too far away from being the parents that they needed to be yeah. and the uh, spouses that need, they needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fallout of that was easier to deal with by him just saying, I should have known, it always turns out this way, it always goes this way. I should just go back to what I'm good at, you know, all that, you know, he wants to go back to what was good and rememberable and and act like yeah. the rest of it's somebody else's problem. We say what he's good at. He's not a very good smuggler. Well, and I think that's what, <laughs> you know, that's a beautiful thing that's uh, portrayed in The Force Awakens when everybody, yeah. he can't, he can't smuggle his way out of it anymore. You know, he, yeah. you know, they even say, you know, you, you, there's no one left for you to swindle. You know, he's, he, it proves that he thinks he's good at it, he thinks this is what's right for him, and even that's wrong. Mm-hmm. What's ultimately right, and what he ultimately has to do is face his 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 sins, face uh, his wrongs. Yeah, and he arguably does. Yeah. In and that fateful, very sad bridge scene. Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't think he did that thinking that he was going to make it all better by doing that, but I think he felt like he needed to try. Yeah. And ultimately, 
that try, as you know, Yod, uh, not as, as Luke says, you know, his his father's always with him. That try still reached Ben. Yeah. Uh, and I think that put a crack in his armor a little bit that we're going to see lead to him being returned to the light, hopefully, uh, in episode nine. So, you know, I I I. I think that it works to have such a hopeless, bleak situation when we come back to Star Wars in the Disney area, Disney era, of we're back to the fighting, we're back to the war, you know, even our heroes are, you know, lost and caught up in their old ways. Uh, it explains why we need Rey, why we need a new hope, why the Force needs to awaken. It explains why it all needs to happen. Yeah. Um, is because uh, we need a new, new thing. Yeah. Uh, and Han's place was to realize he's not the new thing anymore, but he can make a way for the new thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's the, the story he uh, played. Um, yeah. And wh what about Luke for you with the sequel trilogy? I think Luke was done very, very well. Mm -hmm. in my opinion, in the sequel trilogy. You know, we see him at rock bottom mm -hmm. when we first see him. Um, and, you know, I truly believe, like, with the same way that he redeemed his father, he redeemed himself at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, he put away all of the selfishness that he had, you know, let himself have over the years, you know. Also, who is cutting his hair? What do you mean? It's been like ten years. Who Who is cutting his hair? The caretakers. It hasn't been that... He hasn't been on the island that long. You sure? Uh, he's only been on the island a couple years. And we're led to believe that the way he appeared to Ben in the Force projection is arguably what he looked like. Well, no, because in the, in the flashbacks he does look like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the Jedi's power of anti-hair cutting. <laughs> I just imagine a porg with a pair of scissors. Sorry, <laughs> that was off topic. But yeah, I think in giving the ultimate sacrifice of himself, just like he saw Obi Wan do, I love like that parallel. Did. Just like his father did. Yeah, that um, was the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, uh, I you know I've shared we we've shared uh, oddly enough on our episode about the ten things we love about the Phantom Menace. We've we've shared a bit of why the Last Jedi is very special to us. Um, you know, the sentimental side of it aside, one thing I love about The Last Jedi is Luke's story. Yeah. Um, because, much like the reason I love Anakin slash Vader's story is because I see so much of myself in it. You know, I know what it's like to be where Luke is in that kind of pit of regret. Uh, that pit of wallow uh, regarding you know, your failures and whatnot, and feeling like you've let the whole galaxy down. You know, I know what it's like to be there, but I also know what it's like to realize that ultimately you have to learn from that failure. You have to uh, pick yourself up and make something new mm -hmm. out of that bad thing. You know, I know what that's like. So, you know, seeing much of myself in Luke's journey there uh, is, is a big reason that I love The Last Jedi and why I... I think, yes, definitely, uh, it's a very great and needed story, because much like we can learn from Vader 
mm-hmm. of not giving up on ourselves. It's not too late until we decide to. With Luke, it's the same thing of you haven't truly failed everyone until you see it that way. Yeah. You might have messed up, but ultimately, you know, it's about what you get up and do next. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's about how you make that right, how you learn from it, and, and what you do with it and whatnot. And certainly seeing how it continues to yeah. go on. I mean, obviously, we still have one more episode. So yeah. we, have a new, we have another piece in the puzzle of the sequel trilogy to fully see the story of... Um, uh, you know, unfortunately with Han, his is done. It, but I think that his ended on a note where he did learn what he was supposed yeah. to learn. The new thing that he was supposed to grow through happened. Yeah, and, you know, we can harken back to The Empire Strikes Back after Yoda lifts the X-Wing out of the swamp. Um, Luke says, you know, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, that is why you fail. Mm-hmm. And if you really think about it, that is why I think Luke is kind of living that in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's not only just stopped believing in the Jedi as a whole, he stopped believing in himself. And mm-hmm. that's why he perceived that he has failed. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about that, I did a Monday Motivation on that one. Really? Yeah. When? Uh, months ago. Wow. Um, I need to backlog. But, well, but that's to apply to ourselves, which we still can. But, you know, that I, I absolutely agree. He He didn't believe it. He didn't believe that he could make things right. He didn't believe that uh, Ben was savable, yeah. at least not by him, um, and, and whatnot. You know, he, he very much fell into the sins of the past of Obi-Wan and Yoda and, and the whole wallow and, and whatnot. But yeah. um, luckily, in the end, he brought it around. He, re- he was redeemed, and much like Han, he reached out. And his try... Uh, is all that he could do, but he he reached out in a way that he is now always with Ben. Uh, yeah. And again, I think in episode nine we're going to see that come about, and he may get his redemption. He may yeah. see himself in a new way. Uh, ben yeah. might be new once you know once again and, and such. Observation. Quick one. Do or do not. There is no try. Only Sith steal absolutes. Yeah, it, we can talk up and down <laughs> sideways to Sunday about how much absolutes the Jedi actually deal in. But yeah, yeah it's for another a thing. time. Also, that just popped into my head. I yeah. wanted to get it out. Uh, clearly, Star Wars is full of a lot of new things, and we see it on display in the fictional lives of characters that mean so much to us and inspire us, and we see it in our lives as uh, this thing we love so much grows with each passing year. Star Wars right now is new for someone. There are only they are ju- only just discovering the bigger world of stories and characters that will stay with them forever, the way it has with us. So be mindful and welcoming of what's new and who is new. Yeah. Uh, so as we enter a year with generous amounts of Star Wars content, just waiting to be unleashed uh, and enjoyed. Let's look forward, hopefully, to 2019. We have plenty of Star Wars to be inspired by, to be emotionally wrecked by, mm. to learn from. So much Star Wars to love in the next 365 days, and I think it will definitely be a good year. Yeah. So, uh, before we close out, we have our Q&A at the end, but hopefully you've enjoyed this. 
Um, let us know what your thoughts are on the new things and the redemption of Star Wars and all that good stuff. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you on that. We always like to hear your perspective on things. John, I got some Q's. I got some A's. A. A. Q. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note. That was cute. Podcast is over. <laughs> no. We're um, still here. So, this week we asked you guys, what was your favorite Star Wars things this year? Yep. Yeah. Could have been anything. Could have been anything. Uh, Ryan Bullock, our friend Ryan, said, uh, it's all... The new friends he's made in the fandom. Aww. Aww. We're some of those friends. We are. We love you, Ryan. Yes. Thanks for being our friend, friend. Bye. Um, the Rebel Alliance podcast, Letitia Duke and Will Rose all said, Solo. I was so glad to see Love for Solo pop up so much. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Well deserved. It's um, incredible. You know, I was, also, I was also, you know, Will Rose specifically mentioned, he wasn't looking for forward to or he wasn't very optimistic about it yeah uh and you know it was nice to agree i I wasn't either yeah they were worried that's why i think i love it so much is because it blew my expectations out the water yeah um rebecca said the return of clone wars i'm excited um murray wilson said the afra and tolvin series or tolvin relationship yeah do i know about that yet uh, no, you've arguably seen it on Twitter, but basically it's a love interest for Afra. that's just the most precious, oh. uh, and it ends tragically, but it no! was the best thing ever. Why'd you tell me that? Because, I mean, I just told you it ends in tragedy, now you're gonna be oh. reading with anxiety of when is it gonna happen, when John, is it gonna happen? I already have anxiety, I don't need your help. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, if you haven't read the Dr. Afra comics, uh, and, and you want to discover, uh, the next best love relationship... Uh, past Kanan and Hera, then, uh, yeah, Afrin and Tolvin. Although it's a bit of a Joker-Harley Quinn relationship where it's a mm. little unhealthy, mm. but that's only part of the tragedy. Mm. So, uh, just uh, great storytelling there, great characters, all that good stuff. Okay. Thanks for the anxiety. <laughs> Splurg, or splurge, soft G, hard G? I don't know. Correct me said the revelation that Quinlan Voss survived Order 66. This was a very specific one. Um, I have to imagine he's a big fan of Quinlan Voss, which it's hard not to be. He's a he's a cool dude. So, uh, But yeah, the Doctor... The, not Doctor. The Darth Vader <laughs> comics <laughs> revealed that uh, Quinlan Voss and Opo Rancisis... Really? And Coleman Kajak. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, I'm doing it off, off the dome. Uh... All three Jedi are still alive. Fun fact. Obviously, most people know who Quinlan Voss is. If not, Wikipedia and Clone Wars will tell you. Uh, Opo Rancisis is the snake dude on the Jedi Council, and Coleman Kajak is seen in one scene of Attack of the Clones. Uh, He's a weird little creature, but you can look it up. Love it. Still waiting on confirmation of Kukruk. I'm just, I'm waiting on confirmation that he even exists in canon. (laughs) Jeez, Just, okay. get on it. Get on it, Star Wars. Hey, Michael Morrissey, if you write <laughs> any more comics for uh, Star Wars... Yeah, if you touch Jedi, bring me Kukruk. <laughs> bring me Kukruk. Bring me Kukruk. Bring me the alligator boy. <laughs> um, Disney Dog said, discovering the Phasma book and meeting Kylo and the others at Disney. Yeah, it's always fun to meet characters at Disney. Yeah. Um, and uh, certainly when you find out one of your favorite characters has 
a book or some form of extra content, mm-hmm. uh, always great. And oh, yeah. We've had, me, me and Michael have had plenty of conversations about that, so yeah. good stuff. Um, Ian Logs- Logston yep. said that his Star Wars X-Wing board game, you got that, didn't you? Uh, yes, I got a starter set for that. Um, so I haven't played it. <laughs> I, I haven't played I appreciate it more for the models, or the, the little miniatures. Yeah. Because they look pretty on my shelf. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate it more for that than the game. But yeah. if it's half as fun to play as it is to look at, then I'm sure it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Anthony, the rural farm boy, said all his... His favorite was all 50 of the Star Wars podcasts he listened to. Dang, dude. Wow. Yeah. Anthony. I can't keep up with seven. I... And we manage wow. one. We're one of those seven. <laughs> wow. Uh, good job. Um, and we are glad. We are so thankful to be one of those 50. We just, uh, you know, we, we just crossed a big milestone in our podcasting. Uh, our, all of our... We've c- received 2,000 total plays of all of our episodes yeah. that's uh wow that means yes. in, any number of our episodes have been played 2,000 times uh, that's in, incredible yeah we definitely did not expect that yep so uh, uh for everyone that appreciates us we appreciate you and even yeah. if you don't appreciate us we still appreciate you because you're giving us your ears we love you we love you i love you all right john yes your answer uh, my favorite Star Wars thing this year, holy cow, that, or should I say holy bantha, that is, <laughs> that's a tough one, um, I'm gonna go with my knee-jerk reaction and say solo, just begin, because again, the thing that stood out the most was just that, it was the thing I was the most worried about, uh, being great. And, uh, and yet it was, and yeah. I loved it so much. We, we've enjoyed rewatching it several times. Uh, it's just, it's such a good Star Wars movie. And, you know, we have, we having an appreciation, I won't say Han Solo is our favorite character, yeah. but having an appreciation for Han Solo, it gave us so much to talk about and think about. And, uh, it added so much love to the character for us. So, um, I think as far as big things go, it, it's probably... Probably solo. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, you know, discovering a love of Clone Wars. There you go. And just all of the emotional trauma that came with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Clone Wars. Uh, we could also be really sappy and say starting the podcast. Well, yeah. Also that. <laughs> also that. Um, I think that is the best, one of the best things we did this year, though. Definitely mm-hmm. is... is starting this wonderful thing and meeting all you wonderful people. Um, we love you. And yeah, it, it adds, it's added so much love to Star Wars for us. We already loved Star Wars, and now we love it even more because we get to talk about it so much with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, all those things. It's been a good year for Star Wars, which next year, just mm-hmm. imagine it. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Holy space balls, cowboy. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um... So, we also asked you guys, are you setting any goals for the new year, Star Wars related or otherwise? See. Si. Yeah. Uh, Michael Johnson said that he wants to sit down and watch all of the films again with the idea of seeing things that he's never noticed before. That's a really good one. It is. Um, you know, uh, we rewatch it 
we were, I mean, we watched so much Star Wars, but we, I mean, we watched the movies like every few months. Yeah, I mean, you know, we watched them so often that uh, it, it it's really good because you you'll be surprised how many times. I mean, goodness gracious, I've seen the the film I know I've seen the most is Empire, and yeah, I mean, I couldn't even quantify how many times I've seen it, and yet there always manages to be something, and and, and it largely depends on your perspective. Uh, the the beauty of Star Wars is that every time you watch it and every time you t- you approach it, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how you approach it and what you're going through, you might find and see and feel different things. And so the beauty of Star Wars is that you can always do that. Yeah. Um. And you know, just imagine we do that. I mean, I would. I I mean. We probably put on the Last Jedi, Rogue One, and Solo, every couple weeks. Yeah. Um. Just because it's awesome. Yeah, and obviously we're rewatching the whole saga with our ten things. You know, we're we're constantly rewatching and uh, taking it in, and yet we still have not gotten tired of finding things that are new. Uh, so that's a good one. Um, it's always good to find. You know, speaking of a new year and new things, it's always good to find new ways to love something you already love so much. So. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, said that he wants to be more active in the fandom. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw on Twitter you also mentioned being, want, you know, wanting to get involved with podcasts and on podcasts and maybe even podcasting himself. Yeah. Um, do it. Hey Ryan, I, we have a podcast. <laughs> we do. Um, you know, if if you're if anyone listening to this, you know, if you're looking to do a new thing, yeah. uh, I we encourage you, we challenge you, do it. Um, take a leap, uh, you know, find out the best way to make it happen and then make it happen and just try. And if it doesn't work out, try something else. If it does work out, maybe need some tweaks, tweak it, keep doing it. You know, um, you know, much like, you know, we discussed Vader, you know, it was only too late because he decided it, you know, you only can't do it because you decide you can. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you guys, if you want to do something, if you want to be more active in the fandom, whatever it looks like, maybe start a blog, maybe start a YouTube channel, maybe start a podcast, maybe just start a Twitter page dedicated to interacting with the fandom, whatever whatever you want to do, uh, I encourage you to do it for sure, yeah. uh, and hey. let us know, because we will be your cheerleaders. Yeah, Discord is a thing. Yeah, all kinds of ways that you can be involved and be active, so, uh... What if we started a Nerd Herder Discord? We could. We have Patreon, so we can have a Discord there. There we go! I just don't know much about Discord to do it. Help! So. There you go. But anyway, but yeah, yeah, we encourage you to do that. Yeah, this is the year of doing things that make you happy. Yes. Whatever absolutely. that may be, as long as it's not illegal or immoral. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's why we started the podcast. We we literally just decided what... I mean, we talked about it and joked about it of, hey, we just had an hour-long conversation about Star Wars. Shouldn't we be recording this? Um... And we just decided, you know what would make us happy right now? Talking about Star Wars. A yeah. lot. And then sharing it with other people. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we've we've said before, you know, once it stops being fun, we're not doing it again because that's the only reason we want to do it. Yeah. So far, guys, it's been heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and so as long as it, as long as you want to do it, it makes you happy, it's fun, just go for it. Again, anecdote, because legally we don't want to re- be responsible for any... Uh, act, heinous activity. Yeah. As long as it's within moral, legal requirements, do it. Yeah. 
TV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, you asked us a cue. Well, Michael. Michael Johnson did. Oh, did uh, we answer our thing? Oh, wait. No, we the didn't. Goals. No. What's your goal, John? What's your flavor? Tell me what's your flavor. Uh. I guess just to continue to grow the podcast, continue to get it out there and, and meet more uh, fans. And, and, you know, it's not just a selfish thing of giving them our podcast, but, you know, it's such a mutual thing. Um, you know, when we talk about Michael, when we talk about Rebecca, when we talk about Ryan, when we talk about Maria, when we talk about Marie, when we talk about Anthony, when we talk about all these awesome people that we interact with, um, you know, it, it goes both ways. Having this podcast allows us to receive your awesomeness as much as it allows us to transfer our awesomeness to you. And so, uh, I definitely want to continue to do that and, and see more people, um, join in the herd and in the community and, and just continue to make new connections in the fandom and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to break free. <laughs> no. Um, I want to know more. I want to learn as much as I can about all the things I've missed out on from previous years about Star Wars and all of the things that you keep like dropping hints about that make me so frustrated when I don't <laughs> understand what you're talking about. Well, it'll it'll be really cool to uh, next year, next new year, next January. Yeah. Uh, be able to sit down and s- just list out all the things. I read this, I read this, I read this, I watched <laughs> this, I watched this, I read this, I watched that. You know, all of those, you know, to be able to look at your badge of accomplishment of all the Star Wars you've been able to to take in. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I think Definitely the Clone Wars has helped with that a little bit. And so it's exciting for me to see and be along the ride for. And yeah. me being a kind of encyclopedia of Star Wars... Uh, it's helpful. It's helpful. <laughs> so uh, I look forward to being your encyclopedia for the year. Yeah. Although, I'm, I've just decided to go ahead and start binging the Clone Wars. <laughs> it's just, I'm done. Yep. I'm tired. So uh, if you're listening and you're like, gasp! Uh, that all that means is that she's pre-watching everything. No, normally, the, our formula is that she watches the episodes we're going to talk about um, the week of we're going to talk about it. No more. Uh, now it's going to just be a lot more pre-game of yes. taking it in. And I mean, obviously, each week we'll still talk about it. You're still getting fresh perspective. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it just means that she's consuming it more. Yes, I consume. And that's mostly just most because she's tired of. Uh, yet again, you know, me saying, I just, you can't read that yet. I want to read Son of Dathomir. <laughs> um, so, yeah, don't, don't, don't gasp uh, yeah. in fear. Uh, it's, it doesn't change anything about the podcast. Don't look away in anger. All right, now, on to the other question. On to the other question. The final question. Mecker, Mecker Johnson, uh, he sort of asked, how did Palpatine so easily defeat the Jedi Council members that came to arrest him in Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, so he put this out on... Facebook, or on uh, Twitter, not really towards us, but I was like, hey, I was going to, I was going to give you an answer, but then I was like, this would be a good one for the podcast, so mm-hmm. I stole it. <laughs> uh, so he's had to wait like a week to hear my answer. Uh, it, and so basically, Surprise. It, it, <laughs> this is one of the, uh, one of my favorite, you know, um, 
I shared earlier, I said, you know, that Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorite novelizations of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, second to that is The Last Jedi, and further down the list would be Return of the Jedi and such. Um, in the novelization for Revenge of the Sith, um, the, narr the narration of what's going on in that scene is very different, um, and, and we get it from a different view. Uh, there's a few reasons, basically, Palpatine was able to overtake the Jedi. Number yeah. one, keep in mind that the Jedi hadn't fought Sith for a very long time. Yeah. Up, in the, up until that point, Obi-Wan had the most experience with fighting Sith. Mm -hmm. He fought and Darth Maul. <laughs> and, yeah, well, he fought, he fought Darth Maul multiple times. Yeah. He fought Dooku. Uh, you know, uh, he's fought Grievous. Um... He was not a Sith. Most most Jedi weren't fighting Sith or lightsaber users. Most Jedi were just leading clones and slashing droids. Yeah. Uh, and although they were combat ready, they weren't practical. They'd only yeah. been sparring with other Jedi. They done been got soft. So there there is that perspective of for all of them for everyone but Mace Windu, I believe. This is the first time seeing and crossing sabers with a Sith. Mm -hmm. The next thing is that in certain tellings of the story, the uh, sort of lunge and uh, scream that Palpatine does <laughs> uh, when he kind of juts at the Jedi um, is treated as a force power. It's, it's a sort of uh, kind of Sith battle cry that's meant to disturb and distract the Jedi or the enemy. I call um, And so, essentially, it helps him catch them off guard. Mm -hmm. I mean, a, an a eighty year old man coming at you doing a seven hundred and ninety degree spin yeah. would frighten you as well, trained or not. <laughs> um, you have never been in a nursing home. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly. Um, so there's that, and then, uh, you know, again, the, the Revenge of the Sith novelization uh, constantly emphasizes the speed of Palpatine, that he is faster than anything any of those Jedi have ever seen. And so yeah. when he comes up, and, and by the way, the Jedi, uh, obviously, you have Mace Windu, you have Kit Fisto, the one with the horns uh, coming down kind of like a bull, that's a C-10, and then the one with the ponytail and the blue saber, that's uh, Ajin Kolar. Um, the first to go down is a C-10. Uh, and then immediately after is Ajin Kolar. Uh, both of those are simply because of his speed and his ability to catch them off guard. Mm -hmm. They didn't expect, they thought he was a Sith Lord. They did not expect a master swordsman. Uh, the only council member to, other than Mace to hold his own was Kit Fisto for a short time. Yeah, and he was. even then, he still got pretty quickly struck down. Yeah. Now, What's the difference between all of those Jedi and Mace Windu, you might ask? It's a very good question. He Mace has, Windu... What were you going to say? He has a cool wallet. <laughs> and a cool <laughs> lightsaber. Um, well, yeah, so an easy answer is, yeah, he's cooler. It's a lot cooler for him to have a big, drawn-out battle with Palpatine than anything else. It's also easier to choreograph. But uh, in-universe explanation is, Mace Windu actually uses the dark side. Um, a big part of what makes Mace Windu the most powerful and dangerous Jedi is that he uses a, uh, a form of, uh, uh, of combat called Vapod, um, which is 
nearly, uh, oh, uh, I can't think of the word, disqualified from practice simply because it requires you to feed off of the dark side. Um, and, and so it gave Mace a distinct advantage, even over um, Yoda. Because in the same novelization, Yoda says he can't beat Palpatine because he feeds off of the dark side. He, he feeds off of this fight. Yoda mm -hmm. hates the fight. Um, so the reason that Mace has a distinct advantage, Mace was the Jedi that had the most qualification for defeating Palpatine. Yeah. Had Anakin not intervened, he would have. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the difference between Mace and the other Jedi is that Mace fights Palpatine with Palpatine's own medicine a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, now, is that to yeah. say that he's a dark side user? No, not necessarily. He manipulates it to use it for light side means, but it explains why he is able to meet Palpatine more evenly, is because he's using what Palpatine's using. So, uh, there, there's a lot of layers to that fight. I can say, being someone who loves and Ha, again, being a bit of an encyclopedia, I, I know so much about so many characters that I'm often disappointed when all that I know doesn't culminate in what I see. Meaning, knowing how awesome Kit Fisto is, knowing mm -hmm. how great and smart Sassy Tim is, and knowing how cool Agent Kolar is. We don't really get to see much of him, but... Yeah. You know, knowing that they have so much potential to make that scene so great and, you know, heroic and seeing them just chopped left and right. You know, I mean, heck, uh, Mace Windu and Kit Fisto were mom's favorite, and I, I mean, <laughs> she she was ticked off that Kit Fisto died. Yeah. By the way, she did not know who Kit Fisto was. She just called him Smiley. Uh, <laughs> so that's my mother, folks. Um, <laughs> it's the most mom thing uh, ever. But she was furious that he went down so easily. And so, uh, you know, I do understand wanting a more... You know, I'm motioning with my hands, but you can't see it, but a, a more oomph yeah. kind of fight. But ultimately, the universe gives us a little bit of explanation of why. Yeah. And, and you know, would we have thought as much of Palpatine if he hadn't, in a matter of 60 seconds, killed three Jedi? Yeah. I mean, it says a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot that goes a long way to explain that. Um, you know, so yeah. hopefully on your next watching, Michael, knowing the power that Palpatine's wielding, wielding in that moment, all, all, all that you know, unlimited power, all, all of that, uh, maybe it just adds to your perspective of how bad Palpatine is, how evil he is. And maybe it adds to your perspective of Mace Windu to know that he's tapping a little bit into the forbidden fruit there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that's what gives him the... Ed now, you know, the, there's such a beauty in that because... That that's exactly kind of what Luke did. Yeah. You know that that it arguably Mace had a little bit more balance than other Jedi did, but that's a that's a discussion for another time. Another uh, but hopefully another day. that A satisfies your Q, um, and thank you guys for Aing our Qs. Um, keep an eye out on Twitter and Facebook for more questions, uh, and uh, feel free to answer and get your answer read out on the uh, main show and. If you would like to drop us a question, mm -hmm. um, like Michael did, or just a question about anything in general, you can always message us or add us on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, 
or you can look out for the post where we request your questions, um, but certainly you don't have to. Like I said, you can message us, reach out. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your, your cues and whatnot. Um, other than that, as far as announcements go, uh, if you're connected on Patreon, a.k.a. Rebecca, um, the <laughs> 10 things we love about Attack of the Clones will be going up tonight. It was supposed to be out Saturday of uh, last month, but again, with the holiday, things kind of got thrown off, but it will be out today. Um, if you want to know more about what that is, you can check out our Patreon uh, to find out how to get connected to receiving that. Uh, it's a once-a-month Patreon-exclusive show. Uh, and so we invite you to check that out. Uh, we would love for you to join us over on Patreon. Uh, if nothing else, just to stay connected, but also uh, to consider supporting the show. A dollar a month uh, gets you all kinds of good stuff, and it goes towards supporting the show um, in immense ways. Uh, we also appreciate you guys always being patient with our ads and all of that stuff. Uh, even just listening to the ads uh, benefits us with a few cents every episode so that we can continue to do what we do. Um, but certainly if you feel the need or, or feel led to, certainly take advantage of the Amazon deals and all the other stuff. Um, sign up for those things and buy those things, all that stuff. Uh, it benefits you, benefits uh, Amazon, and benefits us. Um, and so, yeah, um, all kinds of ways that you can help make the herd show happen. Uh, and we will love you eternally for it. Yes. Um, and, but, yeah, and we're, we're, I mentioned in the beginning a little bit that we're looking to expand to doing videos as well. Uh, if that's something you'd be interested in, just, it would just be videos of things that we can't fit in a full episode. Um, you know, it'd be much shorter little discussion, uh, videos and whatnot. Um, they'd end up on YouTube. Some would be, uh, on Patreon as well. And if that's something you'd be interested in, let us know. We, we're, we're looking, you know, it's a new year and we're looking to expand to do new things with the show. Uh, and, and that's all the more reason that we could use your support in the coming year for continuing to make this awesome Star Wars stuff happen. Let's make something together, guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that be it. Oh, other thing, we are excited to announce that we are having Michael Morrissey on the show at the beginning of February, February 6th. Uh, he is the author of the Star Wars Adventures Flight of the Falcon series. And so he's going to be on to talk about that and just talk Star Wars in general. Uh, if you have any questions for him, I thought we would uh, put it out there. If you want to ask him something specific about writing for comics or what his experience was like, if, if anything, uh, or if you're a Star Wars Adventures fan or a fan of the Flight of the Falcon series, uh, you can just message us. Let us know what you'd uh, like us to ask him on the show. Um, yeah just thought we'd put it out there, but uh, you can mark your calendars for that. We're really excited to have uh, someone who actually writes Star Wars comics come on the show. It's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, Michael's a really great guy. Uh, we've talked to him quite a bit and gotten to know him a little bit, uh, and all the more reason we're excited to have him on. So, uh, yeah, that's that's in the future, and we're excited for it. All that, all that. I think, is our show for the day. Uh, once again, Happy New Year. Thank you for being with us in this new year. Uh, maybe you're new to Nerd Herder. Um, make sure that you check out all the ways you can connect with us. Uh, nonetheless, we appreciate you giving us your ears for the past hour and a half. Uh, we love talking Star Wars with you. So, yeah. uh, have a great week until we're back again this Friday with our Clone Wars rewatch. Um, anything else you can think of? 
buy the Rapper's Delight cookbook, please. <laughs> yes. Get get that goodness in your life, please. Heck, maybe um, we'll do a stream one day of oh me cooking gosh. one of the recipes. <laughs> Let us know. It, hey, it, if you if we get enough people that say, hey, I bought this book, we will do a video of us making a recipe from that ridiculous book. I've already bought it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> all that goodness. Uh, well then, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week until the next time. I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. I've been your herd mom, Megan. This has been the Nerd Herder Podcast. Make sure you stay scruffy, and may the force be with you. Bye.